Humans are the only species on Earth to keep other animals as pets. While the overwhelming majority of these symbolic relationships are beneficial to both the pets and the people, there are some instances where these bonds end in tragedy, especially when the pets are exotic wild beasts capable of seriously injuring their owners. What is up, Ewu crew? Today, we're going to uncage three horrific encounters of animals attacking humans. Should the owners of these animals have known better? Did their lack of fear for their pets lead to these vicious clashes between species? For the pet owner in the following story, he'd find out the hard way that it's best not to monkey around with powerful primates. Let's get into it. It's estimated that over 15,000 primates are kept as pets in the U.S., living side by side with their human owners. Many times, the adorable babies fill the void of children for their keepers. One of the most closely related primates to humans is the chimpanzee, sharing 99% of their DNA with Homo sapiens. It's no wonder that many people can feel a deeper connection when staring into their large hazel eyes. That was the case for Mo the Chimp, who lived most of his long life in a single-family home in a sunny Los Angeles suburb. St. James Davis, a professional race car driver, left his fiancée at the altar before setting sail on a cargo ship to travel the world. His journey would land him in Africa and lead him into Tanzania. However, when he left Africa, he didn't return home alone. Davis rescued an infantile chimpanzee, telling others that poachers had shot its mother. It was the 1960s, and chimpanzees were all the rage in pop culture. Between television and movies and the popularity of Jane Goodall's research on the species... Chimps had a friendly and recognizable image in the United States. Despite the reality that chimpanzees are extremely dangerous wild animals, St. James Davis felt it was his duty to return home to Southern California with little Mo. St. James eventually married the girl he left behind, LaDonna, and together they raised the animal in their home in the city of West Covina. They treated Mo as their child and taught him how to eat with utensils and use the toilet. LaDonna couldn't have her own children due to a previous battle with cancer, but they loved Mo like their own, and it appeared that Mo was living the high life. The chimpanzee would even go on to achieve fame in Hollywood. He starred on television and in ads, drawing huge lines for meet and greets with some of his fellow furry colleagues. For over 30 years, Mo lived as part of the family. He slept in their bed, loved breakfast burritos, rides in the car, watching TV, and overall, just being pampered. On one joyride, however, Mo escaped from the vehicle and raided the kitchen of a nearby restaurant. The city wasn't happy with the fact that there was a chimp looming in the suburban neighborhoods but was unsuccessful in their legal attempts to remove him. 
Unfortunately, the day would come when Mo would eventually hurt a human. The 32-year-old chimpanzee mauled the hand of a police officer after breaking out into the street. And in 1999, he injured a neighbor when she stuck her hand in his outdoor cage. St. James and his wife LaDonna defended their beloved pet, explaining that the neighbor was wearing bright red nail polish and Mo mistook her fingers for his favorite licorice candy. However, the city had had enough and Mo was sent to live in an animal sanctuary. The Davises were devastated. St. James and LaDonna traveled to visit Mo regularly. Mo would always jump for joy when he saw his owners return, many times bringing him his favorite beverage, hot chocolate. In 2005, the Davises set out to see Mo with a special surprise for his birthday, but they would end up wishing they'd never gone. Despite their cute faces, chimpanzees are ferocious beasts. They are extremely intelligent, armed with large fangs, and the full-grown adults are strong enough to rip a person apart with only their hands. In the wild, chimps have been documented going to war with rival groups. St. James would experience firsthand the brutish power that primates are capable of. About to greet the birthday boy with a decorated cake in hand, St. James and LaDonna noticed movement out of the corner of their eyes. It was two other male chimps who managed to break out of their cages. When LaDonna made eye contact with one of them, the situation escalated quickly. In a flash, the two chimps descended upon them with a battle-like fury. One animal bit off LaDonna's thumb, but it was her husband who suffered the worst of the attack. The chimps chewed off a large portion of his face, ripped off his testicles, removed one of his feet, and bit off large chunks of flesh. With St. James Davis barely clinging to life, animal sanctuary employees arrived just in time to subdue the two chimps, shooting them both with a handgun. St. James was transported to receive medical care, but now is forever altered by the encounter. The animal sanctuary attempted to rationalize the attack, saying that the species is very territorial and the arrival of Mo into the sanctuary made the other chimps jealous. When the two chimps had an opportunity to show dominance over Mo by hurting his owners, they took it. Although the Davises will never fully recover from the trauma, they still longed for Mo who was transported to a different facility. Mo the Chimp would never return to his human parents. Instead, on June 30th of 2008, he broke out of his enclosure and escaped into San Bernardino County's forests. The search for Mo turned up no results, with the Davises even privately funding a helicopter charter to look for the Chimp. St. James and LaDonna are heartbroken that their baby is potentially still out there somewhere, roaming the California wilderness, worried that he might get bitten by a rattlesnake. Even though St. James and LaDonna were brutally attacked by chimpanzees and witnessed what they are capable of firsthand, they still have so much love for their chimp. Most people would agree that it isn't wise to harbor such a wild animal, knowing disaster may inevitably occur. 
However, sometimes a seemingly normal house pet will wreak havoc upon a family. Ferrets are the third most popular pet in America, behind cats and dogs, with over 7 million raised as pets. Even though the vast majority of them are kept without incident, multiple reports of the small animals attacking infants have been reported. In January of 2015, police were called to the gruesome mauling scene of a helpless baby in Darby, Pennsylvania. Inside the home, police discovered a sight of pure horror. Sky Frame, a one-month-old girl, was strapped into her car seat while her mother was getting ready to leave the home. The mother placed the infant on the floor next to the front door and went upstairs to use the restroom while her fiancé was taking a nap. In the moments that Skye was left alone on the floor, tragedy struck. Two of the family's pet ferrets managed to weasel out of their mesh cage and made their way over to the helpless infant. The mother heard screams of agony from the child as the ferrets attacked the baby, their tiny fangs gnashing and slicing in a horrific mutilation. By the time the parents reached the child, the ferrets had eaten away over 25% of her face, removing her nose, lips, and large parts of her cheek. The baby was rushed to the hospital to receive life-saving surgery. Doctors had to insert stints into the nostril areas of the face so she could continue to breathe. The police chief, Robert Smythe, said of the mauling, I'm a cop. I've been one for over 45 years. And this is the most horrific thing I've seen happen to a child in 45 years in this town. Police would go on to describe the horrendous living conditions that the family maintained in what they termed as a flea-infested home. 42-year-old Bernie Frame lived with his fiancée, 24-year-old Jessica Benales, their five children under the age of five, two dogs, six cats, three ferrets, and two turtles. Police described the living conditions as deplorable, stinking of feces and filth. Police Chief Smythe said, The parents, I believe, have problems. They are challenged. They can't take care of these kids. Smythe also said that the only food the police found in the home was a jar of peanut butter and a can of cranberry sauce. After these discoveries, the remaining children were placed in others' care, and the two ferrets were euthanized. The parents are facing five counts of endangering the welfare of a child. Bernie Frame, the children's father, would explain later in an interview, We are good parents. It's just we made one mistake by leaving them alone. We regret it, and we blame ourselves for it. Skye had to undergo several reconstructive surgeries, and her face will be scarred forever. The American Academy of Pediatrics suggests that ferrets are attracted to babies because infants release odors that ferrets perceive to be similar to those of suckling rabbits. It also appears that ferrets are more likely to bite than dogs are. It doesn't matter the animal's size. Sharp teeth and gripping jaws can do damage, especially to an infant. Although this young girl's face may never be the same again, at least responders were able to save her before the ferrets ended her life.
This, however, was not the case for a Pennsylvanian woman. A dog is man's best friend, but wolves are dangerous predators that have struck fear into humans for thousands of years. Even though all modern dogs have descended from wolves, some people like to blur the lines between the two and own wolf-dog hybrids as pets. This was the case for Sandra Piovesen of Westmoreland County, Pennsylvania. Sandra, who loved wolves, kept wolf-dog hybrids as pets. In fact, she had constructed an electrified fenced-in pen on her property to hold her pack of nine wolf hybrids. Each animal was around eight years old and weighed up to 100 pounds. One of the wolf hybrids, aptly named Spirit, was Sandra's favorite, and she allowed it to live in the house. Sandra registered the pack as mixed-breed dogs to not draw negative attention from the county, but when there was a litter of puppies, she would sell them off as wolves. Neighbors complained of the howling and vile stench of rotting meat that would stew out of the pen. Sandra collected roadkill to feed her fur babies, sometimes throwing deer carcasses into the pen for them to devour. She was blindly in love with the animals. And this is why she never saw it coming when in July of 2006, she herself ended up on the menu. Sandra's daughter was worried when her mom didn't show up to a morning meeting the two had arranged the night before and only became increasingly concerned when her mother wasn't answering her cell phone. After calling her father to share her concern, he went over to the house to check on Sandra. It was inside the wolf dog's pen that Sandra was finally found. Sandra laid motionless on the ground. On closer inspection, it was soon realized that she was dead and that her body had been partially eaten by the wolves. Police were called in to investigate the scene. After assessing the situation, they decided to euthanize eight of the wolf dogs, utilizing life-ending chemical-filled darts. A city official justified this by saying, they had to be killed. There was no way of knowing which one killed her. Autopsy reports confirmed that Sandra did not suffer a heart attack or any other medical emergency that would cause her to fall dead while in the pen, determining instead that it was, in fact, the attack from her wolves that led to her death. The worst of the mauling was clustered around Sandra's head and feet. The examiner presumed that Sandra was probably dead within the first couple of minutes of the attack as she had likely bled to death. After returning to the property, law enforcement discovered two more wolves roaming the pen, leading them to suspect there was a hidden den buried somewhere in the enclosure. They commissioned construction equipment to demolish a metal shed on the property, but found no other animals. But what could have caused the hybrid animals to attack? Elaine Gower of the Westmoreland County Humane Society theorized that the animals might have grown agitated by their enclosure, as a similar size pack in the wild would have a territory of 50 to 100 miles. It could have also been the case of one of the animals attempting to show dominance. Gower also reiterated the risks of owning wolf-dog hybrids, saying, Wolves run away from people out of fear. Breeding them with dogs takes the fear out of them 
which can make them more dangerous. It is unknown how many hybrid puppies Sandra sold, but city officials agreed that since one of her wolf dogs killed and ate a human, all of the offspring should therefore be euthanized. However, there are no reports of Westmoreland County acting on this. All three of these cases are a stark reminder that you can take an animal out of the wild, but you can't take the wild out of an animal. Do these horrifying cases have you looking at your pet differently? Let us know in the comments below.